morning, everybody. Anyone feeling stirred this morning? It's such a wonderful time of worship. Never take it for granted when God shows up like that. It's so good. And we've blessed with such an amazing worship team in this house. So I've got a message for you today. And I'm feeling stirred by this one. So you ready to receive it? Cool. Now, I've noticed the keyboard has moved slightly. This could be dangerous for someone who likes to pace up and down. So if I happen to do a You've Been Framed, feel free to get your £250 and put it on um, television. Okay, so I believe every single person sat here today is waiting on an answer to prayer. There are so many different prayers on the hearts of each and every person here. There's prayers of revival. There's prayers for salvation for our family and friends. There's prayers to see Colchester changed. There's prayers to see breakthrough in our health. Perhaps we're waiting on a miracle of something we know only God can do to bring our healing. Maybe there's prayers for us just to get some sort of peace of mind in the situations we're going in. Maybe there's prayers for financial breakthrough, for a new job, for a new relationship. But there are so many prayers on the hearts of each of us today. Would you agree with me? And so I wonder what it would sound like this morning. I wonder what elevation of praise and noise would be heard in this meeting if at the same time, unanimously, every single person got an answer to their prayer. Exactly. I think there would be a mighty sound of praise in this place. I think there would be some crazy praise where people would start running up and down and shouting out in joy at what God has brought them through. I believe as the miracles were physically happening that people would be jumping around, look what God has done, that there would be such a sound of praise and breakthrough. And my challenge for us today is can we praise church like we've already received the breakthrough? Can we be the crazy praisers on our row that are standing there, that are shouting out and giving God the glory, that are saying, thank you, God, for what you've done in advance of what God is going to do? Because that's what I want to challenge us today in church, to be those praise people, to be full of joy and expectancy and live in a place of already receiving that desire on our heart, already believing that the prophecy would be fulfilled, already believing that we will obtain the healing and salvation will come to this town and our house. And so I want to stir within you something in this message, to live your life in a wider open space than what you're living at the moment, to live beyond the answer to that prayer, because your expectation is that God is true to his word and his promises are yes and amen. And therefore I can praise like it's already happened. I can have joy in my heart like I've already received it. I can be that crazy praiser on my row because I know my God is good to his word. And I want to stir you into a wide open space today. You think of when you go to Wales, the Lake District, somewhere of beauty, you stand and you can look for miles at the scenery. Your eyes, almost like you can't see beyond the borders and the mountains and the grass and the fields and the vastness, that's a wide open space. And I believe our God wants to take us into the wide open spaces of him to stretch more, to enlarge more, to believe more, to step out in the more than of what God has for us. But we need to change something up here in order to see something further, to see supernatural vision of where God is taking us. It's a time to stretch out. It's a time not to feel restricted. I think so many of us are going through a place of restriction. If only that could happen, then I can be in that place. And if only I'd see that breakthrough, then I can be in that place. But God is saying, get unstuck. 
Take off the lid. Get uncapped. Stretch out a bit wider. Stretch a bit further. And to illustrate this, I want to take you on a, a Greek holiday, literally. Take you all on a Greek holiday. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But I want to take you back to a, a Greek holiday that Dan and I went on. And for any of you that know, when I preach, I tend to do accents. But I've wrestled with a Greek accent. I, I couldn't pull it off, like most of my accents. I, I really can't pull them off. And so to set the scene for you in Greece, hot country, middle of summer, the smell of feta cheese is in the air. There are plates smashing all around me. And there is that familiar song. It's enough of it. If Ian Fraser was here, I was going to ask him to do a bit of Greek dancing for us, because I think he could pull that off. But Dan and I were heading out for the day on a trip, and it was to a neighbouring village. And Stavros was driving our bus... Stavros Flatley, for many of you remember, Britain's Got Talent. And he was driving our bus, and we boarded this bus, and it was about an hour and a half's journey. And then we would get off the bus, and we would enjoy this wonderful day out of the Greek islands. And so we got on the bus, it was hot, it was no air conditioning back then. You're sat in a seat, almost your head in somebody's armpit that you don't know. One of those. And we got to our destination, and Stavros has told us it's time to get off of the coach. And just as we're about to get off the coach, it's then going on to the next stop, which is an hour away. Something happened to me, and I could not move my left leg. Literally, we went to get off, and Dan's like, get the bag, we're going. And something happened. So it was like pins and needles. Think of the worst case of pins and needles. But my whole left leg, from the hip all the way down to my toes, I couldn't move this leg. And as I stood up, there was obviously that rush of blood, and I just got the most terrible pain in my leg. And Dan's like, we need to get off now. Stavros is ready to fly in first gear around the Greek island. We need to get off the coach. And I'm like, I'm trying. But I couldn't move this leg. It was completely stuck. And then this horrible pain came. And I was like, this cannot be pins and needles. It was so painful. And I was like, I'm trying to. So literally, I got off the back of the coach. And I had to drag this leg down the middle of the coat. Honestly, it was so awful. Dan's looking at me like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not with her. Who is she? And I'm dragging. And literally then I had to pick it up from here. And he's helping me and I'm trying to get off this coach. It was so embarrassing. But I got off and sat down on a bench outside. And he's like, are you all right? And the tears started to roll down because I was in such this horrible pain that this leg would not move. And it took a little while to come round. And then we could go and enjoy our day trip. But the thing is, the place that was temporary was that coach of taking me to the destination. And I could have stayed in temporary for comfort, because if I'd sat down on the coach, it would have eased the pain in the end. But I had to get off the place of temporary and go into the wide open space of destination. Because it would have been easier for me to remain there. And you know, the enemy wants to say to you, it's easy for you to remain in your comfort zone. But God wants to say, step out of your comfort zone. And it might hurt a little bit. It's going to challenge you a bit. But as you go to the place of temporary, to destination, God has got wide open spaces for your church. God has got a bigger perspective for you. But you've got to move out of comfort and into the unknown, but trusting in him always. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 11 to 13, in the message. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. 
Get uncapped. See with a bigger perspective of where you're going into wide open spaces. Don't think where you're at at the moment in the place of temporary is where you're always going to remain because God has destination. So think bigger, enlarge, get ready for what God is going to do. And I want to look at this in respect of Israel in the Bible because there's some beautiful scripture that I'm going to share with you in Isaiah today. And it's when Israel is about to go into a very uncomfortable place. Israel is going to exile from the Babylonians. And it was going to be a place of great discomfort. It was going to be a place of shame. She was no longer in charge of her own country. And she was being taken into exile, into captivity, into oppression, into a horrible time in the history of Israel. It wasn't looking good. But then Isaiah brings the word of the Lord to Israel at just the right time to say, it might look like this now, but God's on the other side of your temporary and he's taking you to destination. If we could have Isaiah 51 verses 1 to 3, please. The future glory of Zion. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will be spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And I want to go through this verse by verse because this is a message of hope from God through the prophet of Isaiah. Because he says, yes, it's looking like this at the moment. Captivity is coming and it's a time of great unrest and a time of feeling inadequate. But your shame will go because I'm taking you to a further place. And the first verse, if we could just have that up, please, Andy. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shouts of joy, you who were never in labor. And that barren woman represents Israel. Sing, barren woman. Barrenness was seen as something so horrible in this time. A woman who not, could not produce a child was inadequate. Was, there was no fruit. Where was God in this situation? People would look down on that situation. So God is saying here through Isaiah, sing barren woman, shout for joy for the children you're not even pregnant with. Sing for the future, praise for what I'm about to do. Because Israel, your descendants will be more numerous than the woman who has a husband because I am a supernatural God. And when I plant my seed in you, it bears fruit. And you look fruitless at the moment, but you will no longer be barren because barren is just temporary. But destination is that you will have numerous descendants that will fill the land and take over desolate cities. So sing in advance of even being pregnant. Run round like you have got the stick that says the cross on it pregnant. And run round in anticipation, Israel, of where I'm going to take you. Because your barrenness is not permanent, but my promises are so she could sing out because it was something supernatural that God would do. He would enable Israel to receive the promises again and the promised land. He would enable Israel to rise up as the nation that she would be and spread out and plant and make establishments because of God. Maybe today you feel in a barren place. Maybe you look at your life and say, well, yeah, I do feel like what is happening? What is going on here? 
What are you doing, God? Where is the fruit? What, why am I facing this hardship? Why do I feel like I'm in exile? Why do I feel like my shame of my past is affecting my future? But you know, as I prepared this, I felt this so strong that God wants to say to people here today that my grace is sufficient for you. Those who are feeling shame about what happened, how you used to be, what you did, maybe that's affecting my walk now and maybe that's affecting my future and maybe I've stuffed it all up. God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you, church. My grace is sufficient for you. And I still have a plan and I still have a purpose, but you need to see bigger for your own life. You need to see beyond where you've been capped, where the ceiling is, and push open and push out wider to enlarge the place of your territory, to sing like you've already received the promise, to be those crazy praises that say, my God has got this and I've broken through, to sing like the barren woman who had not yet seen her children. Sing because your deliverance has come. Sing because your breakthrough has come. God's supernatural power is at work in all of us. He's working in us and through us. In Acts, he promises what will happen when the Holy Spirit comes to us. In Acts 1 verse 8 in the NIV. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was a promise to the people at the time and it's still the promise for us. That when we receive the Holy Spirit, we have power. That supernatural power at work in us and through us. And we connect ourselves naturally to the supernatural power of God. He can do amazing things with our life. And all we have to do is trust and obey. Be obedient to him. It's a time to enlarge our vision, church. I really felt God wants to stir people up with, well, this is my lot. And we've just decided how far our ministry will go, our lives will go, our careers, our families. We've decided this level. And God is saying you need to break through that level and enlarge your vision. Isaiah 54 verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. It refers to tents here when Isaiah was speaking to Israel because when they were in temporary accommodation of coming through Egypt and into the promised land, they had tents. That's how they lived. It was their dwelling place. So when it speaks of stretch wide your tents, it's saying you need to make room for God. You need to stretch wider for what you're going to contain of the power of God and seeing the supernatural outworking of God. It's too little in the place you are now, Israel. So stretch wider. Stretch out those tents. Make room. Your descendants will be numerous. You need to make room for what God is doing. And it's like with us, we need to make room, church. We need to make room for what God is doing. We need to stretch wider. We need to say, okay, I've put my tent pegs here, but those cords need to be strengthened and lengthened. And we need to expand and stretch out and say more when we make more room for God it's just going to be amazing but we need to say okay I will enlarge the place of my territory I will enlarge the borders of my life I will enlarge my thinking my mind my vision and I will trust you God because you're taking me to a more stretchy roomy place in you and for my life Israel got ready to expand to go further, to strengthen and lengthen the cords. And that meant actually doing something. Physically, if you're putting a tent up, you're going to have to stretch out and make it wider. And we need to do that on the inside to make our availability wider to what God wants to do. 
I remember Daniel and I, before we had children, many years before, our vision for our life was that we would move house before we had children. We had a lovely house. It was like a two up, two down with a conservatory. Windows were always sparkling. And we decided the vision for us, we could have had a child in that house and it would have worked. But our vision was that we'd have a family in a bigger place. So we had to start thinking about it years before we were even pregnant with a child so we could get ready to expand. So we looked around and found the house, and that's another whole story of what God did there. But we found the house, and we're ready to expand. But it took more commitment for us, bigger bills. We had to work harder. We had to stretch our finances. We had to fill rooms with furniture that we didn't yet own. We were getting ready for something, and we got settled. And then the time came where we wanted to have children, and God blessed us with children. But then more expansion came, because you have to get ready for a child. And there's people here today, I know Jermaine and Steph, are in that place at the moment. And they're getting ready to have a child. A child needs different things from what we had. We had no toys for a start, unless you count the Top Gear magazines. But, you know, we had to do that. But practical things, we had to get cots and cribs and prams. Well... University students, did you know there should be a degree course in pram buying? Oh, wow, I never realised there were so many different types till we strolled into Mamas and Papas up at Ipswich and we were met by a very, very lovely sales lady. Hello, how can I help you today? Anything particular you're looking for? We said, we're looking for a pram, to which we then got inundated with information. Oh, lovely. Do you want a three-in-one travel system? Do you want the car seat that clips on and off a base unit? Have you got Isofix in your car? Would you like front-facing, rear-facing? Would you like rain cover? Would you like foot muff to keep the child's feet warm? Would you like petrol or diesel? Would you like a 1.1-litre engine or would you like a 4-litre engine? And we stood there and we looked around and then there was a choice of colour of the thing. Oh, wow, it was amazing. So we picked one. It was in an eight-week waiting list. We got it home. No one told you you had to self-build it then, did they? No. Wheels didn't come attached. So Dan built it up lovingly. He showed me several hundred times how to operate it. The baby was born, which was Amy. The first time I went out on my own, I phoned him up from the car in tears. I don't know how to put the pram up. I don't know which button to press. I was all over the place. It was like, how do I do this? So there needs to be a degree course in putting prams together. We can pray for you, Steph and Jermaine. But then, when the baby comes, you stretch a bit further because your capacity has to change. Because when you're at your tiredest, and the, this happens, you're, you know when you've had a really tough week and you're really, really tired and you think, all I need is sleep? You get that. But bless, a child comes along, the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your labour, and at two, three, four in the morning, they need your attention. You can't just forget about it. You've got to stretch a bit further. Your capacity has got to say, this is painful because I want to sleep right now, but... The fruit, my descendants, my children, my offspring are more important than my comfort. And therefore, I can step it up and I can go in and sort that situation out with my baby and praise God because he'll give me the strength. And that's my testimony that he always did give me the strength to keep going and give it to us as a couple. But we've got to get out of comfort and into destiny. We've got to get out of the place of where we've settled and stretch a bit more. And it might hurt along the way and there will be bumps in the road and we might feel like we're in exile and we might think God are you here but he always is and he's taking us and enlarging the place of our territory and stretching us for his glory and so that his glory will shine through our lives because he's taking us to a deeper more wider spacious place 
Maybe I need to dare you this morning to do something you've never done before. Maybe you need to step out into a realm that, realm that scares you. Maybe there's some stuff you know God has put in you, even as Linda shared this morning, uh, the picture of the cupboard. Maybe there's some stuff you've stacked on the shelves, gifts, blessings, things that God has called you to do. And you've got to step out into a place of, okay, they're dusted off now. I'm going to run with it. And it scares me, but it doesn't matter because I can do it afraid because God is with me. Maybe there's stuff you need to step out into a bit wider. You feel like this is me and this is where I'll be contained. But God's saying, uh-uh, I've got more for your life. I want to do more through you and in you. I want to release my supernatural power over your life so you go further than you've ever dreamed or imagined. Because I've got some great stuff for you to do. It's got your name on it. It takes courage to expand. Just as Jerusalem had to strengthen its tent pegs, we need to strengthen our tent pegs. And do you know how we do that? We hammer our tent pegs into Jesus. We hammer our tent pegs into the Lord by strengthening ourselves in him. We take ourselves off the driving seat and say, it's not about me and what I want to do and how I'm going to do it in my strength, but I'm doing it all in your strength, that I'm going to choose to be intimate with you. I'm going to choose to go deeper in my relationship with you. So therefore, I'm anchored to you, God, when the storms come, when exile happens, when shame might want to try and knock at my door, I'm so strengthening you that I can say, Jesus, you have me, you hold me, you are going to take me to different wide open spaces that my life is in your hands and therefore I don't need to fear or worry, but I'm strengthened in you. Actions like this of strengthening ourselves in God produces fruit in our lives. He's with us through everything. Maybe people here today need to remember God is with you. Whatever you've faced, whatever you've seen, the horror of being pushed out on the side, the horror of life that you've experienced, God is with you and he'll take you through to the other side. Because even though Israel was going into exile, Isaiah spoke of a prophecy that would happen years down the line, that God is taking you to a place where he will establish you and you'll be strengthened, enlarged and blessed. There's always more in God. Have you even had that this morning? There's always more in God. I want to encourage you in that. Isaiah 54 verse 3. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Israel would spread out farther, further than she'd ever imagined. She would have more land, more places, taking over desolate cities. She would expand even further than she could even hope, dream or imagine. And we need to expand our borders. We need to believe for the more in our lives of what God will do with us individually, as a church, as a nation. We need to stop getting in that place of confinement of where we've always been and how we've always done it. And we need to stretch beyond to know that God is going to establish more in us. All those prayers I talked about at the beginning... When we pray something, we never know how God's going to answer that prayer. But what I so truly believe is that when he answers that prayer, it's not just for our benefit, but it's a knock-on effect of the people in our lives and the people in our town. That he does something so miraculous that when we pray, he says, yeah, I'll answer that, but then it blesses that one and that one. And breakthrough comes here and something happens over there, all from that one prayer. So what do the unanimous prayers in this house look like? Whose lives are going to change by those prayers that God has put on our hearts? What further place can it be taken to? Because there's always more in God. We need to enlarge our mindset, church. We need to get beyond where we've been contained and move forward. In the book of John, Jesus asks a man, 
if he wants to move into a wide open space. He finds a man in his life and he comes to him with a question. Do you want more than this? Do you want to see bigger? Do you want to experience more? Or are you content to stay in the place where you are? And I want to look at this story in in John 5 verses 1 to 6. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered conolades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? 38 years this man had sat on a mat by the pool and legend had it that an angel would come and would stir the waters of the pool and the first person that waited round the pool, hundreds of people, lame, blind, disabled, would wait and the first one in would get the healing. And so for 38 years he'd sat on a mat, invalid, couldn't move his legs, crippled, waiting on the waters to stir, waiting perhaps so he could shout out to someone, can, can you give me a lift in? Today's going to be my day. And yet 38 years he'd waited on a mat. And I think that mat probably smelt a bit. 38 years in the same place. But that mat had become his comfort because that's all he knew. Because on that mat it symbolised who he was. Crippled, inadequate, disabled. And people would come and they'd give him food. And they'd come to him. He was a beggar. How did he survive otherwise? And he sat by this pool waiting for the time when the water would be stirred and it'd be his opportunity. But then the day came when Jesus came up to him and said, it's your day today. This is your day. This is your day of breakthrough. This is your day. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to come out of the smallness of the life where you're contained to that mat? Do you want to look at the lives you see people walking past in the hustle bustle of the city every day, getting on with their lives, walking, working in relationship away from the pool of where you're waiting? And Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Do you want to step out into something different? And there was a choice for that man because that's all he'd known. He'd been by that pool all those years on the same mat, in the same position, waiting for the waters to stir. And then the life giver turns up and he says, today is your day. Do you want to leave that place and be made well? And the first thing the man says to Jesus is, but I've waited for the waters to stir, but I can't get in. But Jesus is there in front saying, I am here and I am able. Do you want to get well? And then in John 5 verse 8, Jesus says to the man, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Imagine what happened in that moment. Pick up your mat. Pick up your security blanket. Pick up the place you've dwelt. Pick up that that has contained you. That that has held you. Pick it up and walk. That man, imagine the moment when he started to put his foot out. How did he pull himself up? Would my feet even touch the floor? Would, would bones start to move and tendons? Would the blood start to flow? Would my legs even support me after 38 years of being in the same place? A place of security and comfort. But in that one moment, he walked, get up, 
pick up your mat and walk. And as I prepare this message, I had such a stirring in my heart, church, that God is saying to us as his people, you've got so comfortable in the place that you're at. You've got so comfortable sat in that place of unfulfillment that you think that's a good place. But he's saying, get up, church. Chuck that mat away, the place that represents containment, and walk with me into the wide open spaces. Learn to see bigger and more freer for your life. That place that has held you, that place that has kept you contained is now being broken off you and get up and walk. And then that man had a choice and he has a conversation with Jesus later down the line. Now it's your opportunity to live your life and live it well. You see, in effect, he was sat there on benefits, but he'd have to go and work. He'd have to go make some money. He'd have to do something. He'd have to be about some business for his life to expand. But what an amazing miracle that happened to him that he would then go around, I was like that for 38 years, but now I'm free. And I believe, church, that God wants to free us up from some stuff. Where we felt contained, we felt the limit has happened, we felt we missed the boat. God is saying, no, I've dealt with your shame. Stretch wide your tent. Stretch wide, enlarge the place of your territory. Believe for more. Run into the wide open spaces that I have for you because there's always more in me. If I could have Matt... If he's somewhere, he appeared from behind the pillar. Do you know, it's never too late for God to do a miracle in your life. It's never too late to believe and be a praiser in advance of the miraculous of what God's going to do. It's never got to the point of, oh, where do we go with this? Do you ever get that in life? You have those weeks and you think, what is going on? I've had weeks like that and you think, oh, but then I have to reset my mind to say, it doesn't matter what it looks like because I'm going to praise you and press through because I know on the other side of destitution and on the other side of captivity, there is freedom and you're bringing freedom to my life. And that I choose to say, okay, I'm going to pick up my mat and walk. And whatever that represents in your life, the security of not letting go, of not trusting God with that thing you really know you need to give over to him. In not believing enough that God is for you. In stretching your faith out that little bit wider to trust him for what he's doing now. Do you want to step out into a wide open space? Do you want to live more freely? Because I believe it's like today's your day like with the man when Jesus would come and say it to you. What has held you? What is holding you? What is keeping you in that place of limit when God says live limitless? My power and my grace is sufficient for you. It's time to enlarge, to spread out, to take more ground. Because Israel came through that, what Isaiah had prophesied. She came through on the other side with glory and there's more glory for Israel in the future. God is our glorious God. He's taking us to that place. So I believe all over this house today that God wants to say, leave your mat where it is. It's not going to take you to the place you're going. Because that temporary place of your mat is not your permanent destination. His temporary was not his permanent destination. But do you know everyone in that village and town that knew him would say he'll always be crippled. He'll always be like that. That's his lot in life. That's his all. God has lost, forsaken him. Where's God in that? But Jesus came along. And with those words, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be free? It changed everything in that man's life. And God wants to change it in our lives today. So I want to ask if you'd stand and if you'd like to close your eyes.
And I'd like to pray with you this morning. And just so I know who I'm praying for, I just want to ask a question today. Do you want to live more openly for God? Do you want to extend your tent pegs? Do you want to stretch wider your life to see all that God can do and not where you've capped yourself? If that's so, just stick your hand up and down again just so I know I'm praying for. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Father, we want to just praise your name, Lord God, of all you've done and all you are doing. I want to praise you in advance, God, of the breakthrough in people's lives that is happening today. Father God, I want to thank you that you sent Jesus to that man to say, do you want to be made well? Do you want to live the expansive life that I have? And you say it to your people today, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be free from the containment in the place that you're at right now? And Father, for those that have responded here today, I want to pray by your Spirit you would come and you would release the captives in the house this morning. You would release the chains that have kept people in that place of smallness and of impossibility. And you would break wide the chains and there would be a rising up and walking in this house this morning that people would pick up that mat of security and pick up that mat of containment and they would throw it down and they would walk with you, Lord Jesus. I want to declare over you, church that today is your day of breakthrough today is your day of freedom today is your day where Jesus says to you come and walk with me this open expansive life enlarge your thought processes to who I am almighty God who makes a way where there seems to be no way And I want to pray now, Father, for people who are tied up in the impossibility of the situation they're in and declare breakthrough and breakout and freedom in your people this morning, Lord God. Father, Lord God, we know you're going to continue the work you've started in us, Father. So we declare freedom, Lord God. Lord God, we want to praise you in every situation, knowing that you have us and you hold us and you take us through to the other side. So I want to pray, Father, for those who are going through it now, that they would sing like the barren woman, knowing that they can rejoice because, God, you've already set them free, Lord Jesus. So we declare freedom in your house today, Lord God. And we want to let out a shout of praise. We want to let out a shout of praise in this house today, Lord God. Thank you for your freedom, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we walk with you, Lord God. We pick up our mat and we walk with you today, Lord Jesus, into wide, expansive life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.